What is up, everybody? And welcome to a new edition of the Selbius Godcast. I'm TJ Zuppi. He is Zach Meisel. You can find us on Twitter at TJ Zuppi, at Zach Meisel, at Selbius Godcast, on Facebook, on Apple Podcasts, Google Stitcher, Spotify. You can find us at Anchor. You can find us. Where else can people find us? Anywhere? Pretty soon at a ballpark near you, perhaps, right? Well, they're not going to let you in. They can't they're not going to let find... me in, or they're not going to let anyone in. <laughs> I don't know. And with the way this sport usually takes things, I am not going to say anything's definite till it's definite. Till the ink is dry and players are actually going back to facilities to gear up for this stuff. Otherwise, I'll believe it when I see it. That's fair. I also think you know, some people have said, well, they're not going to actually let you in the ballpark, are they? And I've said, well, don't they need all the publicity that they can get that's not talking about negotiations and counterproposals and standoffs? Um, I'm hopeful that they'll let us in. And I'm sure there will be restrictions and social distancing and masks and all sorts of guidelines. But hopefully we will soon be at a ballpark near you. What color mask do you currently sport? It's black, and it says, I'd rather be with my dog. (laughs) I can actually believe that. Um, Got a couple. I got a a blue one that is supposed to conform to your face, but as you know, none of these things ever really conform uh, to any of our faces properly. And then I have just a a gray one. that's been the, the one of choice that fits just a little bit better. Then I'm looking at like the more fashionable ones. And then it struck me today. It's just I'm shopping Amazon today looking for one of those, uh, the ones that rest around your neck that you can pull up. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. If you're going to go out in the desert, you're going to be uh, out hiking somewhere. It might be dusty. People have those. So I'm, I'm looking at it today, and, and I realize I'm doing this like I would be looking up a T-shirt or a pair of shorts or a swimsuit to buy or something. It's just – I'm just looking this up like it's now going to be part of my, of my fashion choices when I go outside. Um, and usually I fail to match my shirt to my shorts anyway, so now adding a third item to the mix has not been very good for me. Yeah, my wife actually just bought me one new one for um, – it's got the Cleveland Metro Parks logo on it because – the, the metro parks have never come in handy more than they have the last oh, yeah. few months. And I, <laughs> I tend to, I'll run or bike or take my dog for a hike in the metro parks. We live pretty close by pretty much every day anyway, but um, it's been so critical, so necessary the last few months. And I don't know about, I mean, I know your cats tried to escape even before the pandemic <laughs> arrived, but like my dog is, I, I'm starting to think that he's really tired of us being home. Oh he's, yeah, I I can I could I could also see that. Uh, he's going to be soon sort of sporting a face mask that says "I wish my human was gone." <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be anywhere but with this guy right now, who I have to see every day of my life. Um, yeah, the the park's opening here. The playground's finally opened enough that you can go play on him. So to be able to take the kids out has been uh, a godsend. They got the signs up everywhere that says, hey, you're playing at your own risk. And at this point, it's like, okay, we'll take that risk because the kids are bouncing off the walls. Um, and thankfully, the weather's been good outside of the last few days. So 
that has been absolutely necessary. Uh, nice, um, out, outside the norm, something we haven't been able to do for the last three months, like turning on the TV and seeing baseball. And we don't yet know if that's for sure, but it certainly seems like everything is building that way. We said that last podcast, and then there was like 17 different more hurdles <laughs> that they tripped over uh, before arriving at this point. But I think we're going to get a 60-game season, so that's fun. So uh, if you go back and listen to podcasts that we recorded maybe like two months ago, I want to say, and we were talking about the, the possibilities and you know, maybe there will be a shortened season and what's, what's the minimum number of games that would make for something fair and legitimate. And I was vehemently against something like this where you have 60 games. It's, I think I wrote today, like a 60-game season has so much potential to just flash the middle finger toward regression, right? Like the lines between pretenders and contenders will never be more blurred. Um, you know, you could see a team like like the Royals who just get off to like a decent start. It happens every year. There's a team like that that maybe starts off like 36 and 24. And you know they're not good and they're going to fade, but... It, it sometimes it takes a full summer for that to happen. Well, not this year. This year they're like in the division series, and if they just happen to win three out of five games against a better team, they're in the freaking <laughs> ALCS. Like it could happen. Um, and I, because of the weirdness, and because it seems that every sport is like like we're I, I said this last time we're gonna look back on 2020 as just being the year that everyone remembers was different and and. The anomaly in every case. The NBA playoffs are going to take place six months after the regular season ended. Like, that's whoever wins that title, like, you're going to remember that there was something off about that. Mm -hmm. The NFL season might be pushed back, might not have fans in the stands. Like, there might be some changes to that that we don't even know yet. And so the baseball season being 60 games and being a sprint instead of a marathon, I wrote that today too, but. I'm sure I'm one of 4,000 baseball writers who are going to use that phrase over the next few months. I, I'm all for it. Like, I'm, let's embrace the chaos and the madness and the weirdness and just let's just go for it. Because we're going, no matter what happens, even if they play 100 games this year, we're going to remember it for being different and strange. Well, how many times so, in April and May do you see moves being made or just outcomes? And the typical response is, well, it's early. There's a lot of mm -hmm. game to be played still. Uh, you don't want to risk injuries in April and May and push guys too hard. Well, screw that. <laughs> you might be bringing your reliever, your ace reliever out in the fourth inning in game number 20 because you're already thinking, well, we're 500. And the team yep. that's ahead of us is, is st stormed their way out of the gate. So we need to get ourselves back in this. There is no... Well, let's see if things even out over time. No, there's there's no time for that. So you, you probably will take more risks as a manager to, you know, put your best guys in the in the most situate most adva advantageous situations as possible for your team's outcome. And so, do you not see? You, know, you can't give a guy an off day. An off day, he just had three months off. Get back on the <laughs> field. Um, so yeah, I I don't. There are so many things that that even just pondering what it could look like today that we're going to forget. And that doesn't even take into account 
beyond wins and losses, this sport more than any other sport is all about numbers and stats and records. And not only what does this do to, um, you know, you say someone led the league in batting, you say somebody led the league in home runs. Well, you know, it's going to look funny when you scroll down best baseball reference one day and look at 2020 and see a guy maybe leading the league with 20 home runs and thinking you stumbled hundred years back to the future. Um, you're also going to have guys who were on hall of fame careers that now their career numbers are not going to, they're going to miss games off of their career because of this season. Um, you know, does a guy someday miss out on the hall of fame because he didn't quite get the full season that he needed to get over some sort of perceived barrier numbers wise. You know, I, I think those are all interesting things that are going to happen four or five years into the future that we're not even thinking about now. So this is going to embolden all the hot take artists, right? This is the first year that sports talk radio can actually talk about baseball every day. Because it's fair to react to every result. Like, if the Indians are sitting at one and four, it's fine. You should say, oh, shit, the sky is falling. Like, <laughs> there's only 55 games left. You know, if you're three games back in the division, five games into the season, that's a fucking mountain you're going to have to climb. <laughs> so um, it, it's, it's going to be fun just because, like, we won't be able to argue with the trolls on Twitter. Not Not trolls, but people who who react to every single thing. And like, I think back to Jose Ramirez last year and when it's June and he's like yeah. the third worst hitter in baseball and people are saying, this guy's terrible. This guy must've been on steroids. This guy should be cut. And we're like, just be patient. Like his track record suggests he should turn it around. You know, Terry Francona was saying every single day, he'll be okay. And <laughs> guys, get, gets... guys get to their levels. Well, maybe <laughs> they won't this year. Too. Yeah, they won't in 2020. And, and so it's, you know, it's going to be interesting, like, if someone has that sort of slow start, there's not time to escape that funk. Or if you, you're really hot out of the shoot, like, think about how hot Jose Ramirez was in August and September last year. Well, that's how you win an MVP. I mean, and, and anyone can get hot for two months. Like, it's, it's the, sure. the awards races are going to never be as wide open as they are in 2020, where you could have just some random ass hitter get hot for 60 games and win the MVP. That, that's awesome. I pray to God. I, like, I, I'm assuming I'll have another MVP vote this year. I can't wait. When else am I ever going to be able to cast an MVP vote for, like, Cesar Hernandez? I mean, it's, <laughs> it should be awesome. Yeah, you could have relievers having a strong case for Cy Young, depending on how they're used. Because you don't get the, the longevity that a, a starter builds up over an entire season. and then you Yeah, like get... a starter's not going to win the Cy Young if they only make, what, like 12 starts? Like and and imagine if they don't get run support, like could sure. could Clevenger win the Cy Young by going two and four with a one seventy five ERA? <laughs> Why not? Uh, it could get even crazier than that. Yeah, I I mean in, in hitter wise, I mentioned it would look silly a guy leading the league with nineteen twenty home runs, but you could have and batting average is not what it once was, but still four hundred holds weight, and you might see a guy do that. You you could see. Just an insane earn run average uh, because you're only talking about two months of a season. Um, and then I, I was thinking about the Indians team that started 30 and 15. What was that? 2011. 2011. Uh, 30 and 15. Well, that's 45 games into the season. 
They finished 80 and 82 that year, so they were under 500. But it didn't matter if you're playing a 60 game season, you're right there in the thick of it. Ezekiel Carrera, top five MVP finisher that year. Yeah. So, while a lot of this has been maddening and frustrating, and so much of what makes baseball so tough to root for sometimes because they're sitting there punching their own selves in the face repeatedly while you sit there and go, why can't you guys get this figured out? At the same time, it could be really fun. And a lot of it's going to depend on what sort of prism you look through. You're you're going to be able to find all sorts of things that are going to make this terrible. But at the same time, if you're looking at it with the glass being semi half full, I know it's tough to do that right now, but it could also make for some really fun storylines and really could impact careers for a long time. Yeah. And, and this, this is sort of what I was thinking about before. And, and I don't think he's going to get there now just because of the way last year went. But, you know, for a while we were talking about what would it take to get Corey Kluber into the hall of fame? And we thought, Oh, well, he's probably going to need to have like three or four r- really good seasons left. Um, and maybe even one more Cy Young before he gets legitimate uh, into that legitimate conversation. Well, now you you've, one of those years has been completely decimated for him. So that, that to me is completely off the table. It probably was already, but that's the sort of thing I was thinking about with Hall of Famers. Potentially down the road, you know, you could have careers thought of completely differently. And on the other end of that, you know, it still means something, I think, when you're looking at Hall of Famers, if a guy wins an MVP or wins a Cy Young, if he's doing that, if he's winning an MVP or a Cy Young, assuming those awards still take place, now you're, you're adding those sorts of accolades to a guy that maybe wouldn't have won them in a regular season uh, sort of scenario. So I think it really could impact careers for a long time. Yeah. The Kluber case is interesting because the track record suggests that if you have multiple Cy Young awards, um, you have a really good shot at it. I want to say they were like, of the pitchers who had three or more, like everyone was in the Hall of Fame except Roger Clemens, Max Scherzer, and Clayton Kershaw. And Scherzer and Kershaw will get there. So, like, Kluber only has 98 wins. His ERA is great, 316. But he just doesn't have the longevity. He doesn't right. have enough seasons. If he won the Cy Young this year in a shortened season, and, like, he's only adding a handful of wins to that. It's not like he's racking up a ton of strikeouts. But he has three Cy Young Awards, and then he's like, let's say he's crappy for another couple of years, and that's it. That would be the strangest case to have to evaluate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're, not, we're not as concerned about wins now. Um, and in the future, we'll probably be even less concerned right. about wins. Um, but yeah, then you, you still would be having to evaluate that additional Cy Young on a season that's going to be a giant asterisk for everybody. So I, I, I don't know. Um, but, but I think we're going to, we're going to see a, a sport that's full of that sort of thing. Now I would have even loved it even more if we could have seen some expanded playoffs in just this yep. year. Yep. I think, I think the playoffs playoffs, the way they are in a normal 162 game schedule, I think are are fine as is most years. This year, I would have been all for embracing the zaniness. I would have loved to have seen expanded playoffs, and I know owners would have loved that too because it could have expanded their revenues and try to make up for what was lost. 
So it doesn't look like we're going to get that, but, but that would have been fun because in, in this sort of season where they're considering, maybe you put the runner at second base in extra innings to try to, to shorten these games. Yeah. I, I want as much craziness as you can pack into a 60 game schedule. I, I, that's what I'm wanting because you can't, you can't make up for the time that's lost, but you can at least make it interesting for, for now and in the future. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. Um, I think, I mean, I've adopted the phrase, let's embrace the chaos this year. I think the 16 team thing would have been a happy medium where you're, you know, the chaos is going to be even crazier because with the normal playoff setup, like I said, like you could have the freaking Mariners in the ALCS before you blink your eye. But the 16 team thing would have at least added an extra layer of normalcy as backwards as that sounds um yeah expand the randomness to get back to less randomness but it that is true though like it would have added a layer of just well i think it legitimate nothing if nothing else it it expands it so that a, a good team that would have been in the playoffs in any other normal season that maybe just stubs their toe or has some injuries but would have gotten there is now the field has expanded enough to include yeah, and the maybe some teams team, that are right. Fluky team has to survive one extra round. But I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so fascinated by what this could be. I mean, you think about like, when have you ever felt like every game mattered? I think about last season and the Indians got off to that dreadful start and it was like, okay, well, what could go wrong has gone wrong and like things will turn up, but also maybe it just isn't the Indians year. And then they start playing better. You get to September, and they have... I mean, they have these huge games against the Twins in August that they win. They take back the division lead. Um, but even then, like, the Twins were like, okay, like, there's still time. You get to September, and you lose that doubleheader to the Twins, and it seems like, okay, the division's over. But the wild card's still there. So then it's like, you're just treading water and killing time, and you get to the last week of the season, and finally it felt like every game mattered yeah. for, like, three days. Okay. <laughs> This year, it should feel not quite to that level, and it'll feel different because the ballparks are going to be empty, and it's going to be weird as shit. Um, but it should, there should be a heightened sense of urgency from day one. And so, like you alluded to, how are teams going to attack that? What are the Indians going to do to get creative with their pitching? Are we really going to see five-man rotations with pitchers throwing only every five days? That doesn't seem like the most efficient way to do this so i'm i'm really curious to see what teams do because i think we're going to see i'm I'm assuming we're going to see team like different teams doing vastly different things and like you've never had that yeah you've been thinking about bullpenning all the times that managers have said well you couldn't do that over a full season well could you do it over 30 games yep you know could you play half of this season and then really just turn up the the intensity on not just roleless pitching. Yeah, I mean that's that's something to consider. Also, as far as the the extra inning runner thing. Ugh. Of course, everyone points to different sports that have different rules to determine winners in in overtime. You you do get shootouts eventually in hockey. You do get the college football 
overtime rules with all teams start was a 30 yard line both teams starting at um and just going back and forth and you have a game that was 17 17 at the end of regulation ending at like <laughs> in the 50s by the time they play through all their overtimes but i was wondering could you get they're trying to prevent these 18 inning games but could you get one of those crazy college football overtime <laughs> type of games where because the runner is at second base these two teams just keep trading runs back and forth back and forth so you get a team you get a game that was a pitcher's duel 2-2 as we head to the whatever inning it is, 11th or whatever. And by the end of the game, it's 10-10. They're just going back and forth. And because it's easier to score that run, because the runner is starting at second base, you're getting this, just this game that never ends. So I had triple play baseball 99, and there was a glitch. And... I believe I was Tampa Bay, or maybe I was the team playing Tampa Bay because um, when they had Greg Vaughn, I remember <laughs> I got into an extra inning game, and it was at Tropicana Field, and the glitch was that whoever, if I scored in the top of the inning, they always scored the exact same number of runs. And it got to a point where I remember the score was like 30 to 29. And then fi- finally, like I didn't score and they did. It was like two to two going into the 10th and it was 30 to 29 was the final. <laughs> I remember Greg Vaughn hit like 12 home runs. It was just, it was so stupid. Um, but that's kind of like what you're talking about. Like that could, it could happen because if you start with a runner on second, like I can see some instances when a team might just intentionally walk the leadoff guy. So you get first and second to try to set up the double play, but then maybe welcome you know, to the, the new era of the sacrificed bunts. Um, <laughs> I'm saying it's, it's going to be sack bunts, bunting that guy over to third base, sacrifice fly onto the next half inning. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Oh. As far as video game glitches go, the only one I can ever remember is I was playing one for, I think it was the Sega Saturn. Um, and I was pitching a perfect game. It was in the eighth inning. I had never accomplished this before in any video game. So I am, I, like, I'm almost actually shaking. Because I can't even imagine being a real pitcher, being on a real mound. I just have to hit C button and hit down at the right time and pray that he gets the guy out. Imagine actually really having to be skillful to do this. But I'm, I'm in the eighth inning pitching a perfect game. God, I wish I could remember what pitcher is doing this because in the, in the era I'm playing this, it's probably like Kent Merker. Um, so I go to begin the eighth inning. I'm all pumped up, and then the system freezes. And it's just, it's just stuck. That's it. And so I have to go get up and actually hit the power off and turn it back on. So even though the game froze it, it still felt like it was me having to abandon this masterpiece. And I didn't, if, if the game would have just glitched and restarted itself, then it would have been like, okay, I can blame that all on you. But the fact that I had to go up there and turn the power off and admit defeat and realize I was not going to get this perfect game, Boy, that's still heartbreaking even sitting here today thinking about it. 
I appreciate you uh, sharing that. I know that's maybe tough. it was Jim Brower pitching the Steve Woodard, perhaps. I do have a random Indian for you if you are uh, interested. Oh, really? Yeah. So I thought you know it feels like it's been so long since uh, spring training and the 2020 season, at least the preseason getting underway. I actually picked someone from the 2020 Indians. I'm sorry, what? There, someone from 2020? I have a random Indian from the 2020 Indians. <laughs> oh, God. Are they still with the organization? Yeah. Oh, no. This pitcher was born in Paducah, Kentucky. He attended Louisiana Tech. And was a 20th round draft pick. Uh, I don't know. 20th round for whom? He owns a 482 ERA in his career. 439 fifth. He's pitched for two major league teams, including the Indians. Uh, nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I don't know, man. 2020 was so now. I, 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 don't, I don't know who it is. I can't even envision who's on the roster right now. Who's even in the rotation? <laughs> well, this pitcher's a reliever. What, what are those? I don't remember the rules of baseball. I don't know, man. I got nothing. He has spent parts of three seasons in the majors. Drafted in 2015. His middle name is Lewis. (laughs) Which is also my middle name. Oh, congrats, man. Are we going to talk middle names again? (laughs) 27 years of age. I don't know. You're just going to have to give it to me. A player, like, literally on their roster. (laughs) The team that you spend more time analyzing. Ah, I haven't even picked up a roster. What is a roster, even? No. How many players? Acquired acquired this player. How many players are even on a roster right now? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Baseball reference says similar pitchers through the same age. Justin Spire, number one. Wow. You remember Justin Spire had a dirt mark in the same spot on his cap because he would always readjust his cap after every pitch. And, of course, you know, his hands are dirty. But he would only touch with the thumb and the index finger right on top of the cap to readjust. And so it was always discolored right there, right where he would touch. I just remember he... How about that for seemed, random facts? That is random. I, he seemed like he pitched every single day <laughs> in 2000 because he was the only pitcher who didn't have an ERA of 12. Sean DePaula? That was 99 when he yeah. burst onto the scene. Do you really give up? I give up, man. I don't, I don't know. A current player. He pitched yeah. for them last season. Yeah, I can't remember. Phil Maton. Why didn't you just say spin rate? <laughs> Would have gotten that pretty easily. 
Phil Maton, he was in the uh, race for a bullpen spot way back in March. Would back he be when Manuel Classe wasn't suspended. and That's another one. What, what happens to guys that are suspended that were supposed to be X number of games and then this season is only it's a reduced number of games so are they suspended into next season and if you're, so it's if you're suspended for any part of next season then are you then suspended for the postseason in 2021 hmm did they think about that that all has to still be negotiated but i think he for sure will miss all of 2020 yeah i, I we acknowledge that that's probably the reality i i am curious though if if you were suspended for 80 games, let's say, and then it's, there's, there's a 60-game season, are you sus- then suspended for part of next year? And if you're suspended, then you can't play in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel like he would be eligible for the playoffs in 2021, but... You would think so. Whether he has to serve the remaining 20 games, they still have to sort through that. Yeah. It's a lot to think about. Embrace the chaos. <sighs> well, I feel like uh, if the season's going to be truncated, then the rest of these podcasts will only be uh, a third of the normal size. That sound fair? <laughs> Our listeners have no idea <laughs> the negotiation process that took place before we recorded. Yeah, and I get uh, at least one cup of soup or, or chili <laughs> to be named later. Uh, you can subscribe Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. You can find us over at Anchor. Drop us a line at, on Twitter at TJZoopy, at Zach Meisel, at Selby is Godcast. Any parting words? Yeah, I wanted to just mention um, I have a story up as we record this on Tuesday. Um, I got a chance to talk to Larry Doby Jr. last week, and it was uh, one of the most memorable interviews, I think, in my career. Just from the standpoint of, uh, first of all, I learned a ton. He was so engaging and enlightening and, um, I don't know, it, it was just like, I felt really good after it. Like, it was just so necessary, but it was also like just, he's such a warm person. And hearing him tell stories about what his father went through and what is, more, more so though, what his father taught him. Um, was it was really cool just to learn all that and and be able to write it. Um, so go check that out if you want. And just you know, he's he is such an interesting person himself, not just because of who his dad was, but he's been on Billy Joel's stage crew for 25 years now, <laughs> and like that's such a cool connection. I remember when Billy Joel had his concert at Progressive Field and. Larry Doby Jr. came back for the, the press conference to announce that. Um, and he was just so gratified being able to be at the ballpark and come back to Cleveland. And he just has so many great things to say about the city. Um, and, you know, he hasn't lived here since 1974. And yet he can remember every single thing about the 1974 Indians <laughs> season and where he lived in Parma. And all the things people told him about how great of a player his dad was because his dad would never open up about it himself. So it was just, it was, it was an awesome conversation. Uh, grateful to it. And Larry Doby Jr. is, he's just an awesome guy. 
Where can people find that, Zach? You can find it on theathletic.com. Until next time, be good, everybody. We love all you. See ya.